1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic, Wisconsin, and joining me as always is not my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. I'm actually, uh, I gotta say, I'm I'm concerned for Frank. Um, <laughs> this is this is a really this is a tough night for him. Uh, you know, the Bucks win 108-94, but you know, I, uh, as I tweeted out, you know, I'm not trying to let you guys like into his personal life or anything, but you know. His wife is a Rockets fan, um, which I don't know if anyone knows about. But um, so you know, you know, happy wife, happy life. That's not happening tonight. And then you know, on top of that, Christian Woods just just goes off for the Pelicans. So you know, just a really big night for Frank and. You know really a bittersweet night so you know i i I hope he's able to get through this one i'm hoping he's able to podcast with me at least once more this week but you know i'm not going to guarantee anything um Bringing you today's podcast is The 608 Show. Wisconsin-based, Wisconsin talk. You won't find anywhere else. Find The 608 Show wherever you get your podcasts or head over to the608.com. Those are all spelled out for videos, their message board, and more. So no Frank tonight, which means I needed to find a fill-in, as all of you heard about the other night. So I grabbed my good friend uh, and just, you know, great bloke is that uh, <laughs> that's a, right yeah you got it yeah a great that's, a, that's great that's the first time i've ever
0: heard you use the word <laughs> bloke and uh like you said thoughts out to frank tonight but uh you already touched on it happy life uh, happy wife happy life and happy wood life's good <laughs> oh
1: <Whoa, laughs> so, that's pretty good okay so yeah. frank uh you know
0: our thoughts are with you
1: yeah, man, I, I really hope he gets through it. But uh, we do have a Bucks victory to talk about, 108-94. Uh, Bucks end up taking out the Houston Rockets to move to 56-19 on the season. Um, as you can hear from things moving around uh, around <laughs> us, we are recording from the bowels of Pfizer form where it all went down tonight. And, you know, I, I guess can, we can kind of start with, uh, we talked a lot uh, throughout the day, uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, this was a game we kind of circled as, uh, you know, narrative builders where y- you're able to, you know, build a narrative of, oh, having a great game against the other guy that's going up for MVP, you know, Giannis Harden, that's what it's going to be all about. And, well, Giannis played 33 minutes, 19 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. A steel block five turnovers seven of fifteen from the field harden nine of twenty six from the field twenty three points ten rebounds seven assists two blocks four turnovers um, you know i don't think knights that either of those guys are really gonna remember or be remembered for uh, you know I, I don't pedestrians may be the wrong word to use but for their standards, you know, pretty pedestrian nights for both of them, uh, but the Bucks end up winning one hundred eight ninety four. So um, I guess if if you're looking at it from the the MVP uh, perspective, I don't think this game is going to have any sway on anything, right? Yeah, I don't think anything changes. Uh,
0: I guess uh, if the voters who uh, you know may take winning into account, if that's part of their criteria then maybe they'll look and say okay well Giannis and, and the Bucks have beaten the Rockets twice but yeah as you mentioned uh, both are not as efficient as they normally would be in the season obviously we know Giannis is 7 for 15 so just just a fraction under uh, 50% but even by his standards that was that was an off night for him but the big thing was only 12 free throws between the two of them I, I, I don't think anyone would have predicted that coming in so yeah not their best nights offensively but Uh, Certainly for the Bucs, they had some other contributors and and maybe it's a positive that Giannis didn't feel like he had the team on his shoulders uh, on the
1: offensive end the whole game. Yeah, it's kind of strange to, to think through this game because, you know, I don't know that, you know... Anyone would have gone into this game thinking Eric Bledsoe is going to be the clear MVP of this game. And even with that, you look at Bledsoe's line and, you know, 9 of 19 for 23 points, like, it's solid. Uh, You know, seven assists, three rebounds, a steal, two blocks, uh, three turnovers for him. Like, you know, I think you look at that night and you'd be like, Well, that's a a good night. Bledsoe Bledsoe played well. That's not going to be the best game of his career or anything like that, but when when you actually watch the game, you saw just how big of an impact he had. And, uh, you know, going into this game, uh, obviously on the podcast yesterday we talked a little bit about if the Bucks were going to play the same exaggerated defense, are they going to do the same thing where, you know, Bledsoe just hangs out on the left hand, hangs a little bit behind so that Harden can't step back into it and just kind of gives him the right hand. And, you know, I, I tweeted it out during the day that during shoot-around, we, we talked to Bledsoe a little bit, and it sounded like he was thinking they were going to do the same things, but was obviously aware that, you know, the Rockets might make a few adjustments, do things a little bit differently. Um, but... You know, both Lopez and Bledsoe during shootaround said they would probably do it. Uh, you know, before the game, I asked Bud. Uh, you know, what do you do? You think Bledsoe? You know, last time he went off script a little bit, exaggerated the defense you guys had planned even more. Uh, you know, do you suspect that Bledsoe will do it again and uh, somewhat out of character? Bud just kind of like gave me like a look and a, and a smile and said, "Well, we'll see what Bled does tonight, huh?" <laughs> And, yeah, we saw, we saw what he did tonight. And, and not that, that Bud was being overly coy or having a great time or knew exactly what was up his sleeve, but, you know, obviously I, I think they, they knew going in that uh, they were going to end up talking a little bit about that and planning that and going through with that. Um, and it, it kind of worked again. Uh, obviously last time uh, Mike D'Antoni before the game Wanted to make sure everyone know that it, it didn't work last time because Harden had 42 and a triple double and you know did wanted to make sure everyone knew that wasn't actually a way to stop James Harden and you know I think that was totally accurate but tonight you know I do think you, you look at Harden's line that's that's a pretty tough go of it like that that that's pretty rough stuff 23 points 10 rebounds 7 assists uh, and 9 of 26 shooting like uh, the Bucks are gonna are gonna take that especially when you add in the four turnovers as well.
0: Yeah, no, I I think any way you look at Harden's line, uh, that's a a box score, a final box score for him that if you get, or if you are told that that's what he's going to end up with, you're feeling really, really confident that the Bucs are going to get a win. But there's a couple of things I think of when I was watching Bledsoe. Uh, defensively tonight, and and you said what Bud said that we'll just see what uh, Bledsoe does, and it's kind of a funny answer from him. But he's also said so many times through the year that Bledsoe does sort of freewheel a little bit, and and he sort of lets him go and probably gives him a bigger leash than he does other players. So I I think part of that is probably um, they have the plan, and obviously it's an obvious plan that he's going to stick to his left side, and, and that's the way they're going to play. But I, I think Bledsoe also. Uh, Does some does some things on his own and and improvises a little bit himself but uh i i also was thinking about your story at the athletic early in the season about how bledsoe gets over the screen so well that's a position that he's super comfortable (laughs) with defending from and and it's uh from behind that is or at least on the side because every time he goes over these screens that's a position that he's in so um for him i think that he's I mean, I can't think of anyone else in the league that defends as well from that position and uh, is able to put pressure on the on the ball handler and let him know that he's right there without fouling. It's like it's, it's incredible the discipline to be able to do that and not foul uh, when the guy knows that you're there. And someone like Harden is so good at, at drawing contacts. So again, he he was incredible defensively.
1: I, I do think it's always funny. When, when games like this happen or a team tries a strategy like this, it's always like, oh, you know, that's the, that's the blueprint. And so often when anyone says this about anyone, it, it doesn't matter if it's Harden, if it's Giannis, if it's Chris Paul, if it's Kevin Durant, if it's Steph Curry, no matter what happens, it's almost a guarantee that whatever other teams are going to try it do not have that personnel. Like They're just not going to be able to execute in the exact same way that the team that had the success against that person was able to execute. And, you know, I think this is, you know, an especially you know, an especially important realization with this Bucks team is that, you know, not everyone has Eric Bledsoe who's fantastic getting over screens and you know like we've talked on twitter with people before that are like you know why why isn't malcolm better at getting over screens or you know why don't they coach up this person to get them better at it and it's like well it's not it's not something you coach like it's just kind of a (laughs) god-given skill like either you can do it or you can't you either have the quickness you have the strength whatever you may need like you have the savvy whatever like you have what you need to do it so like one you're not going to have that and then on top of that two you're not going to have a seven-footer at the rim that defends the defends the rim as well as Brook Lopez does, and plays in that in-between space where it could be floater, it could be alley-oop, it could be shot, it it could be uh, a full-on drive. Like no one plays in in that area, kind of as well as Brooke Lopez. Like you know, maybe you could find Rudy Gobert, and you you could get some of that. So, okay, so the point guard defense is something that almost no one else can do in the league. The center defense is almost is something almost no one else can do in the league. And then you have the third prong of this that, you know, we were talking to Mike Budenholzer after the game about this, is like, so you have those two at center and point guard, and then, oh, yeah, you have a nuclear weapon, <laughs> the, a seven-foot freak that can just be everywhere at once and he can close out to shooters he can get in passing lanes he can stunt on a drive from James Harden to let him think that he's there before ultimately getting back to a shoot. like he can do he, oh he can block shots at the rim like he can do all of these things and then oh okay if those two guys don't initially get everything done he can come from the backside and get a block as well like that. there's just not other teams that can put those three things out on the floor. And um, you know, I I told Bud this after the game, but to me this felt like this is our application for all defense. Um, we're we're gonna send a, a three person application in and this is for Brooke and this is for Blood and this is for Giannis. And this is why all three of us are all defensive players. And like to me that that's what tonight was. Yeah, this that's so that's
0: a hilarious thing for me. So as you touched on, Bledsoe and Lopez are really the two key guys in this Harden defense, and then the wild card is potentially the best defensive player in the league, right? Yeah. So uh, you already spoke about uh Mike D'Antoni before the game when he mentioned about that he didn't think that the Bucks really slowed down uh Harden but there was another question Matt Velasquez asked uh, Tony about Giannis defensively, and Tony sort of said, well, you know, my, my feelings are that, uh, you know, if there's a really good defensive player, then he's probably on a good defensive team. And uh, same for, and, and yes, this this to me seemed like some pretty strong heart and defence from his coach, but he said then if there's a, a not so good defensive player, he's normally surrounded by uh, a team that's not so talented defensively. So when you look at that, and, and Giannis is your wife, card in this starting lineup. (laughs) Uh, around Lopez, one of the who has been one of the best shot blockers in the league this year. Bledsoe, who just terrorizes any point guard in the league, and then yeah, who are the other two guys? I okay, guess Sterling Brown, just an <laughs> absolute dog defensively that will harass anyone, and then Chris Milton, who's one uh, single-handedly shut down uh, Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant this season. So that's who you're dealing with. And then do they get a break in the second with the second unit? No, they they throw in George Hill, DJ Wilson, <laughs> Ersan Novosov taking charges left, right, and center. I mean, it, it, from top to bottom. Him. i i it's i mean it's an impressive defensive lineup
1: and you know that's the thing that early in this year that you know I just think what was what was that bat player's only baby <laughs> player's only baby uh so the this is you know kind of when this team was playing really well earlier this year it was you know the offense stands out but to me it was always the defense that you could immediately bring in that second unit from the bench and it was gonna be tough and you were just going to struggle to score. And you know, you look at <laughs> the offense and defensive of rating and I the Bucks offense rating was one, only one oh three point three. The defense rating was eighty nine point nine. That's that's against the Rockets. Uh and that's against the Rockets with Chris Paul and with Eric Gordon. And uh, you know, after the game Mike D'Antoni was was quick to say that, you know, it's, it was about us missing shots. Uh, you know, you look at P.J. Tucker, 1 for 8. You look at Eric Gordon, 0 oh for 5. Like, those two are 1 for 13 combined. So, you know, we're, we're not going to have a, a great night when, you know, when we shoot the ball like that. And I, I think that's fair. Uh, that it's certainly difficult to have a great shooting night when when you have something like that, But or to have a great offensive night, excuse me, when you're shooting like that. But at the same time, like, I think the Bucks did find a way to affect things and, and did find a way to, to make things really tough uh, on this Rockets team. And I, I think that's when when people question whether or not this Bucks team can survive in the playoffs or whatever, their, their first point is always, you know, offensively, Giannis is going to get zoned up or he's, g- he's going to get slowed down or they're, they're not going to do whatever. Uh And it was just like, okay, I guess that's fair, but this is the league's best defensive team. Like, that is what that is what you're looking at. That 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 stuff doesn't that tends not not to go away. Like, they're they're very good defensively, and obviously, you know, teams have kind of tried to find ways to scheme through that. But that's that's huge for this team. Like, they're not only a top ten offense and or a top five offense and all of a sudden Yassin gets teamed away like their defense is still going to play really hard and they're still going to be really effective in the playoffs
0: yeah there was I I still always uh, remember that game in New York early in December when uh, I I know you spoke to Bud a lot about it that that felt like the turning point for the defense but this team now i I looked after the game nineteen and one when they keep the team under a hundred points, the opposition under a hundred points, and the only game that they lost was that game in Miami where they had an eight point first quarter so if they keep a team under a hundred points uh, that 's a win and and this this team continues to to win on the back of their uh, defense and We went into the locker room when uh, Dean spoke about uh, uh, spoke about some of the some of his players missing shots uh, in the Bucks locker room after the game, Steve Ashburn looked at me and he said what do you think of the Bucs offensively tonight? And I, I looked at the box score and I said, well, Chris Middleton was 6-for-23, Giannis was 7-for-15, an unusually inefficient night, for, a inefficient night for him. Bledsoe's 9-for-19. Nine I mean, your, your three best offensive players don't really shoot the ball that well. And they had hot stretches. Middleton obviously had a key run in the second quarter. Bledsoe the third quarter was incredible. But overall, you can't look at that box score and tell me that, that the Bucs don't have a lot of improvement they got a lot of improvement from that they, they did not actually your key players didn't shoot the ball well so um, yeah I think from that point of view the defense was obviously incredible but there's still a lot of upside with this team that just pummeled the Rockets by 14 points
1: and yeah, I guess you just kind of think about this rocket team. Like this is, this is a really good <laughs> rocket team. So um, it's just really impressive stuff. Also, a really good podcast that I want to tell you about that you need to put in your rotation is called the Six Zero Eight Show. Host Corey Kaiser dives into everything Wisconsin sports with a raw and comedic style you won't find anywhere else. How about this, for a recent list of former Badger guests, Monty Ball, Zach Showalter, Joe Showbert, and Jack Sitchi. And not just your normal sports conversation, but a deeper dive into their lives. Also, insight on the Bucks playoff push the 2019 crew looking to build on last year's run, and all the off-season notes in Green Bay, everything Wisconsin sports has to offer. New shows drop on Friday, so don't miss out. Head to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and search The 608 Show. The 608, all one word, show. While you're at it, visit their website, the608.com. Those are words, not numbers. The608.com for videos, their message board, and more. It's The 608 Show, Wisconsin-based, Wisconsin talk. You won't find it anywhere else. Find The 608 Show wherever you get your podcasts. Thinking about this game a little bit more, you know, you, you talked about offensively the Bucks not having their best night, and you know I think it's obviously undeniably true, but th- I think the the moments you stand out are, are kind of the two that that you picked there. Chris Middleton starts with an absolutely brutal first quarter. Like, he, he's 0 for six. Last one he misses is an air ball three that just was not close and then all of a sudden in the second quarter he he comes back into the game for the first time uh, since the first quarter and rattles off a a little jumper then he has a uh, another one and then he has a pull-up three where it's to the point where if Chris hits two shots in a row you know that pull-up three is coming and it doesn't really matter because he's gonna hit it just because he's kind of in the zone and we've talked about how good he's been in isolation this year and the largest reason why he's been good in isolation this year is pull-up threes. He's incredibly good at. So uh, you kind of knew that was coming. So he kind of saves his day there, but ultimately just a, a really bad night for Chris. 6-23 of 23 from the field, 13 points. He, he just could not buy a bucket. But Bledsoe in that third quarter was just – I think that's that third quarter is the best stretch of basketball we've seen from him on the offensive end. Uh this entire season, maybe, maybe since he's been a buck, maybe you take out the forty-plus point game uh, against the Lakers last year. Um, maybe that would be when he was a little bit better offensively. But you know, four threes in a quarter for Blood, so that's just kind of unheard of. And he was just everywhere during that time.
0: Yeah, Blood's always it always feels like he's at his best when he's playing with a bit of a bit of swagger, right? Yeah, and he he hit that first three. Uh, and he sort of, he, he did that sort of three-finger celebration in the direction of the Rockets bench. The next one, he hit it right in front of the Rockets bench. And you could tell at that point that he was feeling himself. He had a block down the other end as well. I mean, it was all Bledsoe. I think he, I think all four of those threes came in the third quarter. But uh, 16 points, uh, I would agree. I, I don't think that we've seen a, a better offensive stretch uh, from him as a buck in just in that quarter. In that, uh, period but you spoke about Milton being a guy that obviously can be streaky at times but Bledsoe's the same like it feels yeah he's ne- he's not really one of those guys that when he shoots a three I-, I ever really feel like it's going in I'm like anything could happen here I mean he might hit it but when he hits one or two in a row yeah, that sort of changes he he seems to seems to become automatic so and that, and that really broke the game open that stretch uh there was some questionable defense in the in the first couple of possessions of the third quarter and then uh, and then bloodso really took over so he he doesn't score in the uh in the fourth quarter, but he didn 't need to because the damage was already done
1: it, it is kind of crazy to think about that game and think of two stretches and you know in the middle of that stretch middleton had there was also eric bloodso like getting himself back into the game against Harden. He, uh, they get a bucket, and then he steals an inbounds pass where he's able to grab it quick, lay it up and in. The Bucks stole, like, four more of those in the game. Like I think three or four, or excuse me, four or five total in the game of just inbounds passes or lazy passes in the backcourt and obviously capitalize off it. But, you know, during that sequence, it was all of a sudden just like, Bledsoe gets the steal, lays it up and in, and then Harden tries to inbound the ball quickly, and Bledsoe, like, just rips the ball out of his hands so he can't do it. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a delay of game and and illegal, but it brought the crowd just off their seats, and everyone was kind of ready to go after that. Like, I thought the Pfizer Forum crowd just kind of picked up after that, followed his lead, and, you know, I, I think at the start of the game, Harden was doing just hitting crazy shots where Bledsoe would force him all the way to his right. He'd get a little bit of space, and then he'd somehow get back to his left and hit a, a little floater over Lopez and over Giannis. And it was just like, how on earth are you actually hitting that shot? And it just felt like during that sequence, all of a sudden, Bledsoe's in his face. And if Bledsoe wasn't feeling himself already, like that kind of got him going. And now, all of a sudden, he was just feeling himself and just like, yep, the, this, is, this is for me. Like, this is my moment. This is kind of what I do. And uh, I'm here to mess with James Harden to, to kind of get him off his game, and no one does it better than I do in the entire league. And I, I just felt like he played with that swagger the rest of the game from that second quarter on.
0: Yeah, I, I think this team, we've seen defensively that they can get sparks from specific moments. And that was definitely a moment, and and they they talk about it, but they definitely uh, sort of built off the crowd because that was that that steal was the exact moment where, when the crowd really uh, got into the game, and and the Bucks as a unit um, really locked down defensively. I uh, it was funny funny enough that that during that stretch, Giannis was actually on the bench, so when Milton hits hits those shots and Bledsoe obviously has those couple of big plays. I was thinking to myself well this is a real game changing moment and then there was a foul or something happened and I seen Giannis walk under the court and I was like and I sort of I, I sort of thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, they've just had this game-changing momentum swing with with Giannis on the bench, so uh, both both Bud and, and Giannis after the game, when I asked them about that, pointed to that moment and said that definitely felt to them like the, the time where the game changed.
1: Yeah, I definitely would agree there. Um, okay, inside the starting lineup, uh, Lopez, 13 points, 8 rebounds and assists. He has 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, Sterling Brown gets the start tonight in the cursed spot in the lineup where people keep getting Injured uh, Brogdon first, then Miritich, uh, then Tony Snell, and we'll see if if Sterling Brown's able to avoid it. But he plays 26 minutes tonight. Um, I thought he was huge. Uh, Bud always talks about, he calls it toughness. I call it physicality, edge, whatever. But, you know, just that kind of sense that Sterling gives you. And then you look up and down the bench and there's just big contributions there. <laughs> Pat Connaughton, four of five from the three-point line tonight, seven rebounds, four assists. DJ Wilson was one of two from three, but he had 7.6 rebounds. He was a plus 11. Ersan de Silva, his hot shooting continues. He's one of two from the three-point line, but the one he hit was a big one, seven points, four rebounds, and assists for him. George Hill probably has the worst night out of the bench guys, but four points four assists, three steals, two rebounds, uh, one of six from the field, but he was all over the place. He took he took Harden when, when Bledsoe was off of him and, again, just used that length to kind of pressure him and do the same thing uh, that Bledsoe was doing. And then, I mean, Pat Connaughton, like, I, I mean, I don't think you can say kind of enough uh, about just how good he was in this game and, you know, over – Over, you know, the the last couple months, I've given him a hard time for jumping too much defensively, for, you know, kind of getting himself out of position those ways. Uh, Early in the year, we were giving him a hard time about not hitting jumpers and, you know, really struggling with that. And... Since the All Star break, you have to give him all the credit in the world because he's hit his jumpers. Um, He still jumps a little bit too much for me defensively, but on the nights where teams aren't taking advantage of it, it can look really good. Two blocks tonight, two steals tonight, uh, and then you know, I mean, offensively, fourteen point seven rebounds, four assists. Like, that's just a really, really good night. Uh, Even if he, even if it is in thirty-one minutes, like he's playing starter, the close to starter minutes as of late with Bud, but i mean 14.7 rebounds assists, two steals two blocks from a bench guy and, and a game best plus 15 like i, I can't imagine getting anything better from him
0: yeah maybe we uh when i when i was watching pat tonight i was just thinking to myself maybe we've uh underestimated how much uh rhythm and, and playing games in a row helps a, a shooter like pat because uh the Bucks have been sort of uh, so so blessed, I guess, through the season that guys have just stepped in and automatically like played their role. But perhaps uh, you know, Pat shooting the ball is now starting to feel a little better, a little bit better. I think the last three or four games, he's certainly, I, don't, I don't know what his percentages are off the top of my head, but it feels like he's he'd be shooting a, a pretty high percentage. So he was great tonight. I, Sterling, you mentioned Sterling. That's a career high eleven rebounds for him. Um, but the funny thing when I look at the box score uh, as we've been uh, started the podcast is that. Uh, when you look at plus-minus for the for the Rockets, the worst plus-minus, uh, uh, the the worst five plus-minus are all the starters for Houston, yeah. and the best four plus-minus for the Bucks are the guys you just spoke about: Connaughton, Hill, Wilson, and and Ilya So, uh, typically, when you see that that the Rockets uh, starters have such a bad plus-minus, you would you would think that the that's domination from the Bucks starters. <laughs> And then you look at the box score, and you see how effective those minutes were from the second unit. So I I think, again, uh, the Bucks bench staple has been on the defensive end, and they all hit shots tonight. Pat was four for five. Like you mentioned, DJ and Ersan both three for five. So uh, they obviously shot the ball well, but it also shows that they're starting to get a bit of chemistry back defensively, and when they get... you know guys like Sterling and and George and all these guys back playing together then that's probably not a surprise because they were doing that for
1: a long period yeah I mean I just think this is an impressive win for this team Uh, you look up and down the roster there's contributions all over the place and you know I think there was maybe some doubts if that was possible with the injuries that okay can can this mash unit get through the next couple of weeks and well uh, they you know, they probably played their best game thus far since Brogdon has been out uh, in a, in this 108-94 win uh, over the Rockets, and it was like I said, it was good to see that they can do it again with the defense. That was something that had kind of gone away after the All-Star break. Once Hill was out, now that he's been back, there's been a couple games here where defensively they've they've just really been able to put it together had another one of those under 20 quarters in the third where they go 32 18 on the Rockets in that quarter and I, I think kind of carried it from there so bucks win 108 94 I think that's gonna be it anything else you think we're missing from this game I, I mean I, I think we pretty much hit it
0: no I think we've covered it. just a uh, comprehensive just a comprehensive a- performance mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah it's hard to be more impressed than, than what you're saying tonight
1: comprehensive is a good word for it i would agree with that Um, that's going to be it for us for today frank will be back tomorrow Um, also while you're at it a reminder visit the website the 608.com those are words not numbers the 608.com for videos their message board and more it's the 608 show wisconsin-based wisconsin talk you won't find anywhere else find the 608 show wherever you get your podcasts so that's gonna be it for us for tonight shout out to them for bringing you today's podcast And a shout out to all of you for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. So for Frank Madden, for Kane Pittman, and for Eric Name, this has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk
0: to you guys tomorrow.